Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee with Creators podcast. My name is Rob Balasavis. Really excited to have you here. I'm glad that you found the podcast. Welcome. If you're new, welcome. If you have been here with us before, welcome back. Um, today, we've got a really cool episode here, an interview, a conversation that I had with a fellow creator by the name of Jay Klaus. Now, Jay has been in the game for quite a long time. He's been helping other larger creators in the early days of his career in the content game um, before going off and doing his own thing. He has courses. He has a membership. He earns according to, and you'll see, you'll hear this as part of the conversation, he earned over $300,000 in 2022 just through his content primarily through his membership and you'll learn all about that but he's got multiple revenue streams he is very much focused on what he does with his content and how he runs his business the really cool thing that i found in talking to jay is that he doesn't have a massive team he has a really solid revenue and you know a revenue that a lot of creators would love to strive for um, but he doesn't have a massive team he has only a couple of people that works with him either on a freelance basis or a contract basis um, but he is very much lean in terms of his business and so a lot to learn here for for, for creators that are solo creators or creators that don't have massive teams it's totally possible to have a really strong business behind all of your content and you'll learn that jay as we have this conversation with jay that he is very intentional in how he operates and what what steps he takes what revenue uh, opportunities he takes on and dives into and so i really hope you enjoy this conversation with jay klaus check this out and i will see you on the other side Hey, Jay, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Excited to be here, Rob. It's great to get to know you a little bit more, yeah. uh, hang out, spend another half hour here with you. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I know we connected recently, and so, um, yeah, we got some other discussions behind the scenes with you screen and everything, but, um, yeah, glad that you could uh, hang out with me on the podcast. Uh, you know, I think you're probably not going to be a, a new name for a lot of the listeners and the viewers on on the channel um, and on the podcast but um, why don't you say hello anyway introduce yourself kind of what you do um, you know with creators yeah my name is Jay Klaus my business is called creator science and really what I'm trying to do is help people be smarter creators um, I have uh, like a, a goal of helping uh, like hobbyist creators become professional creators is what I would call them. People who are being financially rewarded for the hard work that we're all doing by creating content. So that looks like a free newsletter that I send twice a week called Creator Science. It looks like a podcast called Creative Elements where I interview other pretty big name creators, people like Ali Abdal and James Clear, Cody Sanchez, um, Tori Dunlap, and lately, YouTube. We brought the show to YouTube and we're starting to create some uh, dedicated YouTube videos now. First first non-podcast video for the channel is going to be dropping here in a couple of weeks. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm on the YouTube channel now and of course, um, make sure you go check out all of these links um, in the description, you guys, in the show notes. Um, Jay has a ton of 
you know, just really good content. I, I think it's super helpful. Um, yeah, and so we're gonna get to know you a little bit today, Jay. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of what you do with creators and sort of a little bit of your background though. I'd love to just hear how you got into this whole content creation economy, industry, space, however you wanna call it. How'd you get into this game? You know, I've started telling just the most honest version of the story which is in 2017, I was working a job. I was formerly like a startup and product guy. And I was working a job at a venture-backed healthcare company and I wasn't very happy with it. Um, I had previously co-founded and sold a company. So being an employee was a hard identity shift for me. So in 2017, I started working with a coach who helped me realize that I had this limiting belief where I thought that I was not creative. I thought that um, I was really good at operations and executing other people's vision, but that I didn't have good ideas myself. So in an effort to not believe that anymore, I started writing a daily newsletter and sending it through MailChimp because I knew if I promised people I would be sending something every day, that would be the forcing function to get me to do it. And, you know, it's been almost six years now. Uh, that newsletter still exists. It's become like more specific and, and more niche as time has gone on. But I just fell in love with the creator business model because what I realized as a former product person was that content, whether it's podcasts or a newsletter or now videos on YouTube, that is a product. And I didn't have to rely on designers or engineers to make that product a real thing out in the world. It could be exactly what I wanted it to be and what I and I alone was able to make. And that got me so, so excited. So I just wanted to learn how to do this and how to make this my full-time thing instead of having a job. And it's been five or six years of figuring that out. And all along the way, I've just been sharing, you know, what I'm learning and how I'm going about doing this. And it leads us to this very meta business of a creator talking about how to be a creator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? Which is a very, like, very good business to be in, in my opinion, you know, seeing a lot of creators helping other creators. Um, so then, how long have you been a full-time creator then, Jay? Is that five, six years? Is that, am I yeah, tracking that about, right? Yeah, about six years. I about did six years, in, nice. In 20, 2021, mm -hmm. I joined the uh, Smart Passive Income team, worked oh, with Pat, Pat Flynn, to yeah. build their uh, community and mm -hmm. lead their community team. Mm -hmm. I was still doing my content business on the side, but I did uh, work with the SPI team for a year, which was an awesome experience and is actually yeah. the same year that my business really started taking off. Like yeah. things started going really well in 2021 to the point where I couldn't do my creator stuff and lead the team at SPI. So last year, 2022, I went back out on my own starting in January. And last year was a huge year, more than doubled my revenue. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like I'm on the other side of kind of a inflection point, which is really right. exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Pat is, I imagine Pat's a great mentor and great person to work with. We, yeah. um, you know, a few years ago, I actually worked at Thinkific. Thinkific was actually sort of my my first dip into tech, into the tech space, into the SaaS space. And uh, Pat was always coming up because he was very much teachable and very close to the teachable guys and anchor and those guys. And we're like, man, how do we get Pat on board with us over here at Thinkific? And he was just, you know, it was just really hard guy to get to. But we would have loved to work with him. And but I did get a chance to work with him at TubeBuddy. 
So that was my next uh, after after uh, thing if it got to work with him over there through TubeBuddy. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's a great it's a great entry into this space. He's great. He's exactly the person that he appears to be on his yeah. channel and mm-hmm. on YouTube. He's exactly that guy, which is awesome. And he's the real OG. You know, he was yep. doing income reports in 2008, and I'm doing income reports now. And it's it it went like. It was popularized, then it kind of went out of style, and now I'm trying to bring it back in a certain way. So it's kind of crazy because nothing that I teach is really that new. Right. What's new is like the identity of being a creator mm-hmm. and the methods and the platforms that we're creating on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was online business from 2008 to 2000. 17 2018 we'll call it and then this term creator started catching on and people are discovering this as if as if it's a new thing Mm -hmm. um so i'm finding like there's actually just so much great tactical actionable content out there about how to do this yeah it's just under a different uh you know term and and, and lens yeah exactly exactly the the foundational things are kind of remain the same. I like what you said earlier, Jay. Um, you mentioned the creator business models, kind of what attract you to, to the industry. I, I saw this post that you had on Instagram. If you guys are watching this, or sorry, listening to this on the podcast, it's on Jay's uh, Instagram feed. Uh, but you broke down sort of like your revenue um, and what revenue streams you had uh, that you had built. And so kind of expand on this a little bit and um, just, just kind of speak on like multiple revenue streams and your take on multiple revenue streams. Um, do you feel like it's necessary for a creator to have multiple revenue streams? Um, and and I guess part B of that is like, is it possible for a creator to have success financially with like one or two? Like, have you seen that work out? I really love this question because it's obviously aspirational to have multiple revenue streams. And I can tell you from looking at my my numbers last year, there were months where I would have like zero dollars in sponsorship revenue, but my top line revenue stayed the same because some other revenue stream compensated that month. When you have multiple revenue streams, you actually have a very resilient, consistent, predictable cash flow, which is nice. The thing is, though, when you develop multiple revenue streams, you're developing multiple capabilities, sometimes multiple product lines in your business. And that is a big undertaking to build, to launch, to market, and then maintain. People don't think about the maintenance cost of different products and services. So if someone's getting started, I would really recommend on narrowing your focus. Instead of trying to develop six revenue streams from day one, develop one at a time, get it going to a consistent, reliable, good level, and then start to say, okay, how can I expand on this and and build on it? That's the way that I would approach it today. Because I heard someone say one time, you know, you get six kicks of the ball a day. I know this is a weird analogy, but like, imagine you're playing kickball, you get six kicks of the ball a day, would you rather kick one ball six times Mm -hmm. or six balls once, which is going to get you further, right? And that analogy is just so spot on because if you focus and put all of your energy in one direction you're going to get so much further right and i think that's where i would start i love that it's good advice yeah it's so many shiny objects out there right i think as content creators <clears throat> you kind of get into the space i mean there's there's sort of like this journey as a content creator you start building an audience and then all of a sudden these opportunities start popping up 
like, hey, Jay, you should like build an email list. You have one? No, I don't. Like, oh man, I should build one. Like, hey, do you have a YouTube? Like, are you on TikTok? You're just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess I could. Yeah. Like, do you have merch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will. Can I can I throw one more caveat on? Yeah, on yeah, this yeah. Please, idea, please. Mm -hmm. It depends on which revenue stream you're starting with, too, because right. a lot of folks listening to this are probably uh, video creators. They're probably on YouTube, and so yep. you're familiar with AdSense, sponsorship, brand deals, those forms of revenue streams can be really powerful, uh, but they also are in some ways out of your control. Sometimes they have seasonality, sometimes they're macroeconomic effects. So what you see in crunch times for budgets, we saw this during COVID, we kind of saw this at the end of 2022, when advertising budgets are tapped out or being put on hold or being limited, suddenly your business is no longer as strong. So if you are using a revenue stream that is not independent and something that you have full control over, then I would prioritize developing an independent revenue stream more quickly. It's good advice. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I like what you just said there. I'm just kind of trying to trying to crunch that in like independent revenue stream because a lot of people are building and relying on the platform and I've kind of sp we've spoken about this a lot in other episodes but I, I feel like content creators that are doing great are doing okay make money from the platform AdSense um, creator funds right on on TikTok and Instagram but when you start making money off of the audience or brands sponsorships and and um, you know brand deals that's when things I think really heat up like and you can fast forward if you're you can be a smaller creator and have full-time revenue if you figure out how to monetize the audience that you're building and also the attention from brands right like and not re just relying on on platform revenues it's just sort of my thought you know, on that to kind of go back to the original talk about this isn't totally new if you think about entrepreneurs generally, and I think we're going to talk about creators versus entrepreneurs here in a second, Rob. But if you think about entrepreneurs generally, the goal of an entrepreneur is to create a business, a system that operates independent of their time as an input. And most creators aren't in that place. So the more you can think about your business as a machine where yes, your time, your creativity, your energy can be one of the most powerful inputs. But what can you do to build a machine that doesn't require real time today, Jay is at the keyboard style inputs that result in the outcome, which is revenue for, for the business. And to me, digital products are one of the greatest ways. And I, I kind of separate memberships from digital products, but they're very much very close in my mind, but memberships, digital products, you can build a system that doesn't require new content today where people find you, they enter your world, your ecosystem, and through content you've already created, you position that in front of them at the right time, then you pitch them on those digital products and people can be purchasing from you without you needing to make a new short form vertical video today. Yeah, I love that, I love that. It's also looking at your screenshot here, or my screenshot of your post. Um, you also separated memberships from patronage. I'd love for you to expand on that because a lot of people kind of see patronage 
as memberships as well, just because of the recurring nature of that revenue stream. Totally, totally. Um, and this is in a lot of ways just semantics, right? This, these these titles come from how I think about it in my brain, in my accounting software. But here's how I separate uh, memberships versus patronage. In my world, patronage is money that is given to me without an expected return. It's, hey, Jay, you've already done something for me. Here is a tip, essentially, to thank you for that work. To me, that is patronage. If somebody is paying you directly with the expectation of some sort of ongoing product or experience or benefit, to me, that's a membership. So like a Patreon or Uscreen, I see that as a membership more than patronage. Of course, your members are patrons of you, if you want to use the, the dictionary definition. But that's how I separate things out. Patronage to me is, hey, this is just a tip, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Very aligned on that. I've always kind of thought of that, but you you put it in actual, in, in better words than I could have. So patronage is a great word. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, going back a little bit, Jay, um, you mentioned entrepreneurs and, and creators. And yes, I, I, I've always kind of wrestled with this question. When I, when I come across a creator, I'm always kind of curious if they consider themselves a creator or an entrepreneur, or maybe they were a creator first, and now they've kind of transitioned to become an entrepreneur where they're building systems, they're building teams, you know, they're overseeing strategies in a bigger space, you know, they're looking at expansions, things like that. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as one or the other or both or neither? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think about these things in like circles of a Venn diagram. And depending on who you are, your circles have more or less overlap. To me, like, a creator is a subset of an entrepreneur because if you don't embrace your work as a business if you're a creator and you're not treating your work like a business then you're going to be treated like an employee by your own business rather than an owner this is this is when you aren't doing the work to to build a machine that operates without you so i will say i started more thinking that i was um Self-employed was how I started, even before I realized the word creator. I'm like, I'm self-employed. Then I started to embrace the identity of being a creator. And I'm on all these different platforms. I have a newsletter, I have the podcast, I have the YouTube channel, I'm on social media. So I've never been like, oh, I'm a YouTuber because I'm all of these things. So creator fits well with me. But I will say in this season of life, I'm trying to more and more embrace the entrepreneurial side of my brain again to start thinking about this as a business that goes beyond me, you know, hiring more people, giving more creative control to different members of the team. That's going to another level, but I really want this thing to be more of a machine. I think this is really kind of why I kind of gravitate to your content, Jay. I think a lot of, um, you know, we get to chat with Ali Abdal's team and, um, you know, the guys from, you know, Creator Now, Arak and those guys and lots of, you know, amazing creators. And this is sort of the progression of this creator economy game now, right? Like a lot of creators started off as just like, hey, creating content, building um, you know, an audience and things like that, subscribers, but now they're really gravitating, they're 
they're becoming entrepreneurs and building these systems similar to you. Some of them are building products off platform, you know, Mr. Beast with chocolate bars and things. That's kind of the extreme of where this can go for now. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it's definitely going that direction. So um, I want to chat with you. I'm, I want to be very respectful of your time, Jay, but I want to chat with you about community. It's kind of a buzzword these days, right? Like everybody has a community and, you know, platforms are pushing community. And, and um, But I, I'd love to hear your thoughts just when you hear the word community as it pertains to you. You have a membership, right? You have a membership as well. So I'd love to hear your just your words, when you know, your thoughts when you hear the word community uh, being thrown out there right now in this economy. So when I hear community, I think peer-to-peer network. To me, a community is a space where a lot of the value is created and derived from the other parts of the network. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about their community on Instagram, and that could be true if those people are connecting and interacting with each other in the comments or whatever. But a community is not a broadcast channel, in my opinion, a community is connections between the members. So I do have a membership and one of the main value propositions of the lab, my membership is community access, community forum. But there are other benefits to being a member than the community forum. A lot of people will talk about these kind of uh, interchangeably, like a community is a membership and a membership is a community. And I think that's a little inaccurate because there are memberships that don't involve community connection at all. Mm -hmm. You know, Netflix, your subscription to Netflix is kind of a membership, right? But there's no interaction between other Netflix subscribers in that way. So I think of a community as some space where there is interaction between members of that space. That space. And would you say that that's sort of the um, that's the difference between, you know, when people say there's a, I have a community in the community tab on my YouTube channel or mm-hmm. my community is on um, my Instagram like versus a a true community that we're talking about where there's, you know, there's channels and there's threads and things like that. Like in a way, I mean, people, people like to feel like they belong. So if you don't have some, some dedicated space where there is like a forum or chat room for your community, then this might be the closest you can approximate because maybe you have some crazy scale and you can't even imagine having a forum for your 100,000 YouTube followers. So, uh, I, I, I'm pretty bullish in trying to use the community tab on YouTube better myself right now, applying mm-hmm. my community knowledge. It's uh, it's interesting that it's all top down, but you know, people can interact in the comments. And I see when people do like live streams, people are, you know, welcoming people that they know from previous live streams and talking in that way. So there is interaction there, which makes that a community, like there is peer to peer interaction. Um, but if there's not peer to peer interaction in any way, then you're talking about an audience, but you don't want to use the word audience. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm curious with your community, how is that set up? Can you give us a little bit of a sort of behind the scenes? How does that run? Do you have a community manager? Um, you've got a massive community, right? So it's, it's all me. We have, I think, 164 members in nice. there right now. Mm-hmm. We use uh, Circle as a mm-hmm. forum predominantly. We also have a dedicated chat room. Yep. in Geneva. So I'm actually nice. using two community tools, which is not something that I would recommend for most people. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's all me because a huge part of the value proposition of the lab is that I'm very available, very involved, very accessible. Yep. And 
because of that, I've actually capped the number of members that I'll allow in there at 200 oh, for any given time. Yeah. Because every member that comes in, I have a 30 minute welcome call with. Okay. Uh, we good. have, we have events every week. I do these hot seats, which are basically 30 minute coaching calls with me inside the community. So it's very time intensive for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to scale it to the point where I needed a community manager and was less involved personally. Right. Because then it, there's just a certain magic in a small community where people know each other. I know them all very well. I can connect people very actively. There's nothing wrong with communities that are larger that do have like a level of management. Mm-hmm. It's just not the experience I was trying to design with this. That's fair. That's fair. That's I respect that a lot. Like, um, yeah, that th- you have you cap it at 200 members, so you're not going for like thousands of members here and. You know, you look at, you know, you look at, again, you know, you kind of, you know, connect the dots here, right? You have a, a very healthy revenue each year. Um, memberships, which is the lab, makes up almost half of that. And you're running it by yourself, right? So it's it's a good testament to, like, you don't have to have this massive team to, to, to be at this level. And I designed it in such a way where that 200 member cap made sense mm-hmm. because yeah. it's a, it's a $14.99 products like it costs almost $1,500 to join at a standard level per year and I knew that at a cap of 200 members with that as the minimum and there's a higher tier where there's more one-on-one access to me I would be able to generate just from that community alone more than $300,000 in revenue per year with full capacity so if that was true I wanted that to just stay how it was hold the space in my life that is currently holding. I didn't want to become like my business is just the community. I want to continue to create content. I want to continue to grow my reach, uh, build out my YouTube channel. So I wanted to reserve space in my life, but know that like if everything came crashing down, this goes back to the independent revenue streams. Everyone in my membership pays me directly. They find me through uh, typically my, my newsletter initially and that's something that I can control and build a strong business off of, support my family, support my life, even if everything else went away, which of course it won't. Yeah, yeah. Most likely things will just add up, right? And just continue to grow. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, Jay, before we wrap up, I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, Before we do though, can you just share where people can connect with you, where you prefer to have people reach out or even just find your products and your memberships and things like that? Yeah, you can find me at Jay Klaus on any social platform. Uh, the YouTube channel is actually Creator Science YT. Um, that's where I would love for you guys to check out if you're on YouTube. We have interviews with some incredible creators there that if you enjoy this show, I'm sure you will enjoy that as well. But Jay Klaus, anywhere that you're looking, creatorscience.com for the newsletter. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Go to the newsletter. All of this stuff will be in the show notes in the description. Also, shout out to ConvertKit. I know you're uh, they're, they're, you're partnered with them and I uh, love those guys. So shout out to Armando if you ever listen to this, Armando, <laughs> over there at ConvertKit. Uh, doing an awesome job over there. Um, cool. Okay. Well, Jay, my final question for you is just, um, just really like around your weaknesses. Everybody has a weakness. Everybody has something that they're looking to like, hey, like we need to improve on this. Just curious for you, how do you how do you deal with like your own personal weakness when it comes to your business? Like, I don't know what that may be. You know, some some guys are like, you know, time management or people management or editing. How do you deal with that? Yeah. yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, there are weaknesses that I aspire to be strengths and there are weaknesses that I don't aspire to be strengths and the weaknesses that I don't aspire to be strength, like uh, video editing, 
I hire for, I hire for the weaknesses that I aspire to be strengths. I am pretty disciplined about learning. And I think probably something that actually holds me back in a way is that I am so confident in my ability to learn something that I will often choose not to hire for it, spend time learning it, then spend time maintaining and doing that skill as opposed to delegating it. And I could probably stand to improve by delegating more. Solid answer. Jay, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for just sharing a little bit about your business and how you built it with our audience today. Uh, make sure you guys go check out all of Jay's content and his membership, The Lab. Uh, Jay, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Rob. Hey, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jay Klaus. Again, make sure you connect with him on LinkedIn or Instagram. That's where I connect him with him the most. And also, feel free to connect with me as well. I'm usually on LinkedIn and Instagram. That's also my go-to. And of course, my YouTube channel. All of this stuff is going to be in the show notes. So make sure you go and find that. Um, also, yeah, I just got back actually from uh, a trip to Las Vegas and Orlando for some work. Got some really cool insights from the conferences that I attended there around the creator economy and influencer marketing and partnerships and sponsorships, brand deals, memberships, all that stuff. And so you'll be hearing all about that and some of those uh, learnings um, in the coming episodes. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen in on. Would love to hear from you. Always love getting messages from listeners. So make sure you message me either on Instagram or LinkedIn. And again, Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you also to our sponsors, StreamYard, for always sponsoring and supporting the content on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. All right. So with that, God bless you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.